Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Silo by Story Archives, the official number one silo podcast in the world. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary and your other host. Welcome. Zach, another fantastic episode and apparently one that I missed a lot of details on after watching from our instant reaction view. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I agree. I I miss this as well. There was... Hold it, on. Let's, let's set it up. Let's set it up. Let's set it up. All right. What are we saying? Are you, are you jumping straight into it? Because oh, it's a pretty... Yeah, no, I don't know. Let's not do that. You think so? I mean, I feel like it was a massive, massive over, like something that we overlooked tremendously in our instant reaction. But that's that's why it's the instant reaction, am I not? (laughs) It's because we're instantly reacting to the things that, you know, came, saw, we saw instantaneously. But I guess we missed something pretty big. We did. And we'll talk about it later in the episode exactly what that is. Uh, But it did come courtesy of an email from... Linder Metz. Kind of sounds like the way Arthur Shelby says Linda. Linder. Linder. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank you, Linder. We will reference what I can't tell. Linder sounds like a, I'm not sure. Guy or girl, I'm not sure. Anyways. Thank you. Thank you, Linder. And we will talk about your email later in the episode when we get to there. Okay. Let us begin. I loved this episode. I'm loving how fast. By the way, was that a trailer for Invasion Season 2? Yes, it was. It was. Oof. You know that's going to be the next show on Story Archives. When does that come out? Oh, I skipped past Because that's, that. that's the first time I've ever seen them uh, market that on any... Sorry, guys. We're on a... This is a rabbit hole, but there's another show on Apple TV that I highly recommend called Invasion. May 2023. What? That's what it says. Well, it's the first thing that I see when I look it up. There's not enough time. We're gonna have to do it. We're gonna have. Are we gonna actually <laughs> gonna have, have to do some this? Double headers, maybe. We'll see. Okay. Well, we'll see how that lines up. But Invasion season two is. You saw season one, right? I I saw. I've seen most of it. I okay. haven't seen the whole thing. All right. Well, let's get into the show we're talking about today, which is Silo. I love this episode. It continues on the on the same pace, the the frantic pace of of this show, which is opening up very political intrigue style, like Game of Thrones. We're starting to see. Not just everything uh, that's on the surface isn't quite what it seems, uh, both physically and um, politically speaking, because there's a lot of stuff going down in this episode that has me, honestly has me questioning, looking at everybody with a suspicious eye. Yeah. Um, As we know, anybody listening to this by now, hopefully you've seen the episode because there's spoilers everywhere here. I don't know why you would listen to this if you hadn't. But Mayor John seemingly chokes on her own blood and, and seems to be dying at the end of the episode. And so the whole time I'm watching on the rewatch, I'm like, where does she get poisoned? And the only place I could find was one spot that it could have happened. But the person who would have been behind the poisoning, it cannot have been him. So, all right. Any initial thoughts before we dive into the recap? Because we're gonna get we're going to go heavy on the recap today. Overall, I mean, I like the episode. We focused a lot on repairing the machine, but I, I did like the little snippets that we saw. And I, I liked I liked seeing the mayor's journey down, you know, to the down, to south? The down deep. Down south. Yep. It was I nice. Agree. To the down deep. I got to say the boss of the mechanical side of, of the down deep, uh, he seemed more gruff last episode. Now he seems kind of like... When he's with Juliet, he's kind of weak. But then when he's outside of Juliet, he's like tough, tough captain guy. But then when he's with Juliet, he's like, you got to respect me. You know, you don't even you don't even listen to anything I say. You know, he's kind of in between there. But let's get into the deep dive. We pick up where we left off. I was very isolated last episode on the fact that the physical feat that it is to climb back up that giant hundred foot rope back to the 
I don't know, George's precarious workstation in the yeah. in the secret hole, right? Mm-hmm. I was very concerned about the fact that she may not have been able to make it back up after that thing. It was Certainly, she came to the same conclusion I did, which driven a little bit more by fear because she had never seen a body of water that large, but she does climb back up and go into a binge drinking session. Yeah, and I, I mean, for her... Well, you know, for anybody, even if you knew how to swim, I, I think it would feel kind of like a, a matter of life and death, but they don't even know that they can swim. It's just, you know, you sink in it. And um, there's like no chance of a creature being down there, but you ever well, have... I don't know. Like, that's the thing that's like, I, I want to believe that there won't be because it's a man-made hole, but then how did all the water get there? Yeah. It's just from rain. And dude, I don't care what it's in. And if anybody tells me, there's nothing inside of this. If <laughs> If I'm standing next to... A body of water that is literally pitch black. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I literally. would not put my toe in that water. Let me ask you, have you ever been in a pool and just irrationally scared that there is a giant swimming creature with you inside of the pool? Like it's at night and you just cannot help but feel like there is something in the water with you? I've I've had a feeling like that once before, but the, the thing that was even worse was when I was younger and camping with uh, you know family and, and friends, there was mm-hmm. this like a creek you know you could go swimming in it it's crystal crystal clear well it wasn't a creek sorry it was like a little lake i'm gonna tell you something that is exclusively a white person thing to do spanish people will not jump in a creek look i hated it i i did not (laughs) want to do it i it the water was freezing cold i got in for a few minutes and that was about it but man you get in there and there's a whole bunch of fish swimming around i'm like i don't want to swim with fish Most bizarre thing ever. So I'm speaking yeah, from my, I, I get from, my idea. <laughs> from my family experience. There's no way. I think we're all too chicken to ever jump in a creek. We think we. I think I'd leave it there with like some sort of bacterial infection if I jumped into like a creek or a lake. Crazy. Anyways, she climbs back up from the hole, ends up missing her shift. For the life of me, I cannot remember the name of her friend, um, the black girl with the buzz cut. I cannot remember her name. I keep on wanting to call her Coop because she looks like a Coop, but Coop is actually the guy with the ponytail who's who steps up at the end of this episode after I, I judged him pretty harshly in the instant reaction. Yeah, I'm just saying, have better body language if you're in, if you have the most important job in the silo. I don't want to know that you're scared when you have to go and touch. 1500 degree fahrenheit rotor blades dude yeah i i'm so surprised that their skin wasn't melting off of that i i counted approximately three times in this episode that i thought she was going to burn alive one was when the mayor shows up and she locks herself inside of that room she says seal me in that room was one dude seriously two is when they climb into the blade area and they start you know touching the blades everywhere and then Mm -hmm. three when she's spraying water on the steamer that is redlining at 200 and whatever, 250 pressure decibel. I don't even know. Decibel is definitely not the term for it, but PSI or something. PSI maybe. pounds per yeah. square inch. I was counting three times, but <laughs> the beginning of the episode, really what it's driving is the fact that the silo, maybe that's the theme of the episode. The silo is one catastrophic moment away from tumbling into ruin at any moment. And the yeah. current biggest problem is that the generator has a broken rotor or broken blade or they don't even know they're trying to figure out what the issue is and that they need to take it offline or the repair could be so serious that the whole silo is in darkness forever which would be crazy like just completely insane i would i mean i don't know what you would pull from that drill even if you knew it was there true fix it she did say everything's been stripped from this drill yeah. But there's got to be some parts left because how are you going to lug up those blades? You know what I'm saying? It's a yeah. very big trek unless it was a common – unless it before, in the before days, as Tim Robbins' character Bernard says in this episode, uh, in the before days, maybe <laughs> that was like a thing where they would strip parts that they needed as, as time went by. But um, she is – she's pretty stubborn with her boss, Juliet is, that they need to take it offline. And almost to a point where it's unfair to her boss, he's obviously in agreement with her on the repair, Mm -hmm. but it's never been done in the history of the silo. So he's not going to be the first guy to to have it taken down, you know? Yeah. 
You know, I every I've I've seen scenarios like this multiple times. It hasn't happened before. I don't want it to happen on my watch. But it's like, wouldn't you rather be the person that shut it down and tried to fix it versus mm-hmm. the person who was in charge when it got completely destroyed and was I, rendered I agree. unusable for all of eternity? Yeah, but think about that. In in real life, politicians are are damned if they admit that they were wrong, right? Mm-hmm. essentially like if you were wrong about something you're not allowed to change your mind because if you change your mind the media cycle is going to get you and say he was wrong or she was wrong about this and she admitted it instead mm-hmm. of just saying hey they grew they learned through an experience and they said hey that actually wasn't the right way to approach that we're going to take it a different direction like public image nowadays maybe just in the west hopefully maybe this is like exclusive to us in the u.s but if you make a mistake as a public figure and you admit to it and say like, hey, I changed my mind. I actually had this stance on this position, but I've changed it over time to be this stance. We damn that nowadays, yeah. like as a, as a culture in general. So I feel it's the same thing in this silo because this silo is kind of like a very concentrated example of what the world looks like on the outside in a way. Yeah. Um, I told you I was suspicious as I rewatched this episode. Mm-hmm. There's a comment made. Can we, can Jimmy, can Jimmy please look up the, the friend's name who wakes up Juliet? When she wakes her up, she says, how did you get in here? She says, your door was open. I was thinking to myself, because there's a few times in this episode, I'm thinking, because I know what happens at the end with Mayor Johns getting poisoned, that perhaps there's some moles, you know, same way George had judicial watching him. Maybe they're on to Juliet. They're watching what she's doing. They're sneaking into her apartment while she's drunk. Just a theory. Trying to figure out what she's up to. Maybe they already know everything she's up to, but they just don't want her to get too far. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Moving on. The mayor visits Bernard from IT. If you could hit a pause on the episode for a moment here while I catch up. Mayor visits Bernard, who seems to be somewhat the middleman between judicial and the mayor's office. She's going to him with this old bottle of brandy, trying to kind of lubricate the situation if you know what i mean and um maybe not the word to use but (laughs) nonetheless she's trying to smooth things out she's trying to grease the wheels a little bit because she needs some she needs to leverage her situation with judge meadows who's in charge of judicial who we have Mm -hmm. not met yet but we do see that there's a conflict between these these three branches but it seems bernard tends to lean whichever side of the branch takes care of his department most right because Marnes makes a comment hey so you want paul billings because it's best for the silo or because it's best for it yeah. and tim robbins character bernard kind of shoots him a look like what's the difference what's good for it is what's best <laughs> for the silo you know yeah um and we find out later that he is reporting directly back to judicial of what the mayor's up to so Bernard cannot be trusted currently with what's going down in the silo and what we're slowly starting to uncover with George's death or murder, if you're on the murder camp. And that's pretty much how her her visit goes with Bernard. She tries to be open with him in terms of what she's up to in visiting Holston's pick for Mm -hmm. um, for Sheriff. But he kind of gently lets her know what side of the of the of the bread side is butters toasted on and his bread. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I don't think I've heard that saying. I know what you're, what you're getting at though. What side of the toast here is buttered? Type side of, of coins on? I don't know. Yeah. Toast. What, which side of your toast is buttered on sort of thing. That just sounds weird. <laughs> I think that's actually a saying. I'm, I'm right about this, but he got a message before the mayor showed up that judge Meadows was not pleased that she passed by her floor Without stopping by. Thoughts? Have you found the name? It is just no. I, I I don't see the name anywhere. But to know what side your bread is buttered on is a saying. So, kudos to you for that. What are your thoughts on the Bernard visit and and where he stands on this whole silo political situation? Everything in this episode makes me more skeptical about everybody and what I guess you would call upper management here. Um, or just you know, in general, higher up the food chain. I am. I was also surprised that 
he knew exactly who Juliet was by name. I mean, think about that. There's 10,000 people living in this silo, and they both work on complete opposite ends of the silo. Right, like, like I don't think they really ever switch back up. You know, one goes up, the other goes down, or anything like that. So I don't know when they would really cross paths. Um, but yeah, it, it it's a little intimidating how all knowing these people seem to be so far. Okay, um, Juliet's friend with the buzz cut is named Shirley. Shirley. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Moving on, as May, the mayor continues her tour of the silo, she visits the mids, which I would assume are like the is the backbone of the silo itself. It's her main voting block when it comes to her marriage election. You can hit play. But she does leak to, I'm going to call them the paparazzi. She leaks ahead of time that she's visiting the mids in a way that kind of reminds me of what a celebrity who needs to stay in the tabloids does, which they mm-hmm. alert the paparazzi when they're leaving a place just so that, yeah. you know, they're out there. They can get their image. They're leaving with so-and-so. They're in this celebrity relationship. And here's a picture of Kim Kardashian leaving, you know, I don't know, the W, whatever. But that's, <laughs> I'm assuming that's kind of how it goes down, right? How else are you going to have just people everywhere at all times just with, with photos? But she visits the mids and she makes it a point to see the babies. I can't stand when Johns goes into this politician mode, but it yeah. seems to be necessary because the mids... The mid-citizens are eating it all up. What'd you think? It was very cringe. I mean, I, I don't really think I've seen that side of her really at all, other than her but sh- the speech, right? That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Speech, she does get into her, you know, political side, so to speak. But she has a very informal... In my opinion, she probably operates just like judicial in her interest. I just tend to align more with her views in the silo. Yeah. But later in the episode, as they're cozied up in the deputy's office, she's like, I hope you have the key to the gun locker. You know, she knows what's <laughs> up. Like if, if stuff hits the fan. Yeah. She knows that she's got to put everyone to at ease by force if she needs to, you know? Yeah. Very true. She does visit Juliet's dad, which is a key moment in the episode, who acts very strangely. Um in terms of just his general demeanor and way of speaking. He seems like he has an estranged relationship with her. Did we ever catch what happened to his wife and Juliet's mother? No, but he does allude to it and kind of cuts himself off before he continues speaking. Yeah. If you notice that, he says, the loss. He's, his name is Dr. Pete Nichols. Yeah. I for for a moment when I was watching it the first time, I thought that the the old lady in the repair shop was Juliet's mother in some way, shape, or form. I, I like I, I didn't know. I'm assuming she died at this point, or well, went outside I, she, to clean. She, she's definitely some sort of mother figure, but definitely yeah. not the mother because the mother's death. It seems if it is the mother he's alluding to was the cause of why she moved to mechanical at the age of 13. So it is odd in the world of silo for the daughter of a doctor to grow up and be a mechanic. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're supposed to tend, I think in the way of the way this world works, whatever your parents are is generally what they want you to be. Uh, I wanted to make a note in the scene because the entire time the scene is playing out, there's a nurse who's standing outside of the window and she seems to be eavesdropping on the conversation. And I think, I think the director wanted us to know that this person was eavesdropping on the conversation Mm. because she's out there the entire time, very close to the window, ear perched, you know, directly almost to the glass. Yeah. And we see her in the background. And then at the end, there's a shot showing the back of Marnes and, and Jane's. And I think we're to feel suspicious about everybody in this episode in, in every aspect when it comes to the mayor's journey down South, because she's getting ultimate pushback and she's getting a candidate forced down her throat by two departments. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to make an unbiased decision that she feels is best for the silo without letting these people weasel their way in. I was mentioning earlier how I thought that Martha was related to Juliet somehow. But I also noticed later on in the episode that uh, the mayor, or yeah, the mayor was friends with Martha. At least it seems like she was. Yeah, I found the order of of the way 
the mayor decided to make it happen by visiting Juliet first and then visiting Martha. I thought yeah. that was strange. I thought yeah. perhaps she should have visited her old friend first to get her opinion and then go see Juliet. But nonetheless, it does add a little wrinkle of the type of intel she wants. Because even though she's traveling down with Marnes and she's in love with Deputy Marnes the whole time, yeah. she doesn't trust his opinion on who should be the next um, sheriff because he's he doesn't take too much into account. He's very, I'm gonna say he's aloof. He he just doesn't know. He's unaware of a lot of maybe the other darker sides of of things in the silo. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the entire time that they're going down on this journey to to the down deep to meet Juliet, like I feel like the mayor's kind of already made up her mind, right? Like I mm-hmm. feel like she already knows that she's gonna offer the job to Juliet. She doesn't really seem like she's questioning that much she's you know yeah she is asking a few people about Juliet as she makes her trip down maybe she hears something that's really bad that makes her concerned but um you know because uh the mayor is friends with Martha it kind of made me think like did she become mayor after being somebody that lived in the down deep like did she kind of rise up through all those ranks and maybe that's why she has already made this decision in in her mind to offer the job to Juliet. Well, it's a good point you make because in the book, they play up the fact that one of the reasons Mayor Johns likes Juliet so much is because she reminds her of a former version of herself. Mm -hmm. So she sees herself in Juliet. In my opinion, she sees Juliet as not only a sheriff replacement, but a mayor replacement um, down the line. Yeah. So, And I think they do allude to that in a sense in this episode as well because he... When the power goes down, she starts to talk about retiring. And um, I think it's made to be believed that she may consider Juliet for that position when the time comes. Well, I mean, I feel like she was going to retire pretty soon. Yeah. So should have offered the uh, the mayor position, not the sheriff's. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's talk about Common and the pastry. So Mr. Sims, a.k.a. Uh, Common in IRL brings a strawberry pastry to Marnes and to Mayor Johns as a token of peace and appreciation from judicial. But there's a load of subtext. There's a lot of it in this scene. Mm. The fact that Bernard reported her visit to judicial, the fact that the mayor doesn't uh, trust judicial, perhaps thinking the pastry is poisoned, which is kind of like it alludes or makes you feel even more uneasy at the fact that she does get poisoned in some sense at the end of the episode, or at least I think it was poison. Yeah. So automatically your alarm bells are going off, right? Also, you realize that Sims and Marnes seem to have beef because they're both calling each other by their first names. Mm-hmm. And then Common at the end eats the strawberry while making eye contact with the mayor, almost sort of making it a point like it's not poison. Like, what are you thinking? Uh, also, I thought the opening line was very cheesy. Uh, you do not want to eat this. One bite of this could be habit forming. I thought that was so cheesy. <laughs> almost, a, almost as cheesy as the doctor's line when he goes, I have a baby I must turn over. I've got to go. He, he spoke so robotically, Juliet's dad. That's so weird. I, right? I, I miss the way that he said that line. How busy could the doctor possibly be? There's like 10 babies born there's, a year. There's 258 born a year, but if still. They, if they get pregnant. Yeah, that's right. true. 250 babies. I guess that's a lot of work. 250 is a lot. Yeah, but I mean, you, you got some help. You got a captain. I don't know. He just seemed very pressed for time when I just feel like that job, you was know. pretty cushy. Yeah, it's a cushy job. You do yeah. one, you've done them all. You know what I mean? There's <laughs> one every, every other day, maybe. Yeah. All right. Reactor failing. Mayor meets Juliet. She, she seems to get the same impression Holston got, which is seeing the reactor falling apart and Juliet being the, the generator whisperer, touching the machine and saying, something's wrong, everyone shut up. Yeah. Listening to all the creaks and the sounds going on within the machine and showing pretty much immediately that she's the, she's the woman in charge down here, really. Not even her boss. She's the one who's running the ship down here, so to speak. Yeah, he does seem to get very sheepish whenever she is she, around, and and I don't I don't really know why. Uh, she she used to be his uh, his shadow, didn't she? Still is, still is, still is. Wow. So that means that she is being primed for the job, his job, pretty much. Hmm. 
At least that's what I read that as. It's very interesting. I, what do you think about this whole little container that <laughs> she crawls? And I know we, we commented on it a moment ago. Um, the, the container in, underneath the yeah. generator? In yeah. the first episode, I mean, she's in there as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I imagine steam is coming up through there. That place has to be unbearably hot. Yeah. The generator's powering a 144-level silo. Yeah. That thing has to be... I feel like the entire room they're in has to be over 100 degrees. Easily. It looks like it would be. I mean, you're you're really insulated in there, too. Yeah, unless you, you, the founders got... of the silo had all of that worked out. And so, yeah, when, but I mean, like, what? How are you going to work? You're, you're funneling. I mean, yes, there are vents above, but you're funneling steam into this chamber, right? It's going to get hot. It's spinning to create energy, and then on top of that, you're 144 levels deep into the earth. I I imagine like that heat's not really going to go I anywhere. Agree. There's like right? no like yes, ventilation. what's inside the machine is going to go up and out the vents. But still, dude, like that's that's gonna be hot. Yeah, I do find that uh, that the show doesn't go too deep into what's going on with, with the generator. And to be honest, if I was writing it, I'd also sort of avoid that because there's a lot that can go wrong if you start getting into the nitty gritty scientific details mm-hmm. of what's going on with it. The fact <laughs> that the repair was so minor, you yeah. know, it was remove a blade. You know, by the way, maintenance like that should be pretty commonplace in this silo. They shouldn't be letting this thing run for 140 years nonstop. Yeah. You know, I think going down without power for eight hours, like maybe every six months is something that should be probably a commonplace action that occurs. Yep. Right. Well, it's not that big of a deal. Do it at night when everyone's sleeping. Send your deputies out there. Apparently, there's no crime in this silo. I'm dying to see the the jail in this silo. What do you... What you, the jail, didn't we see the jail before? What yeah, but that, that's not enough cells. 10,000 people? Oh, There's like yeah. no criminal undercurrent at all well, in this silo? I mean, you kind of got a pretty strict hand on on everybody. So I don't I don't know. Everybody's afraid of going outside. Let's say, let's say you sentence people to go outside, by the way? I know if you, if you say I want to go out, you have well, to go out. But we, can you sentence someone to go out? There has to be a court system going on in there because there is judicial, right? So they seem to There's have three branches yeah. of government. You have... The mayor's office, judicial, and IT. Those are like the three branches, right? Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, if you were in charge of a 10,000-person silo, how many people are you dedicating to law enforcement in that 10,000? I don't know. I'd say like at least 1,000. Got to be law enforcement. That just, it feels like a lot though. That's, a, could, that's a tenth. Yeah, you dedicate 10 people almost, or 1440. You dedicate 10 people to each floor. I, that that seems more reasonable to me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't quite know how big the floors are, though. Like, we, we I mean, I know it's tall. 10,000 people, 144 floors. That is 100 people per floor. A little more than 100 people per floor. Uh, n- that would be like 70 people per floor. Okay. So, like five deputies per floor. I think you could handle them if they have guns. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> if they have guns all the guns are locked up man we're running we don't a tight start ship a riot. come on hey, hey my silo's a tight ship man <laughs> it's a tight ship <laughs> mario's just gonna be like hey, there's ten thousand people we're gonna I'm recruit send- seven thousand people for the police <laughs> i'm sending people outside who look at me the wrong way what'd you say you said you wanted to go out what no oh, no, 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 I, no i said i said move out of the way oh huh. i had please? a police in there next time <laughs> amazing anyways all right mayor meets juliet after talking to martha i felt like that scene could have been cut out in the editing room she absolutely she says what do you know about juliet and then it cuts away to another scene i guess it was necessary i think it was necessary to establish them as friends i feel like the mayor's mind was made up coming down here well that's what i said a moment ago i like i think she decided before she even headed down yeah i think she she's asking people you know, I mean, it, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, I'm going to make this decision unless Great somebody point, tells me exactly. something that's horrible. Great point. That's exactly right. She had made her decision and she was waiting. She was asking people for their opinions to talk her out of it mm-hmm. pretty much. So if she had gotten, maybe if she had gotten a different response from Bernard and Judicial, she might have gone with Paul Billings. 
if if it wasn't so shove it down my throat type of thing, you know? Yeah. I mean they they were really pushing yeah. for their picks. Yeah. Nonetheless, she does officially offer Juliet the position and also hands over the badge. Part of me thinks she saw the word on the back of it, which was part of the motivation that she knew Holston was up to something. Mm-hmm. Which also doubled down on her intuition to go with Juliet for the role. I'm like 99% sure that she knows that there's a word etched on the back of it. I believe I saw her <laughs> looking at it um, up in her office. It's so clear, too. Uh huh. It's so clear. <laughs> you know, it. I I was surprised that she was able to give her the badge even if she didn't take the job because i agree with just that put yeah. that thing on and walk around and be like <laughs> i'm the sheriff yeah i'm a sheriff little yeah. barney fife over here yeah <laughs> great reference um thank you i agree with that like how are you just allowed to have the sheriff's badge yeah seems yeah. to be a big deal even the deputies having like a fangirl moment over it when she's telling her friends that she's just been offered the sheriff position i i still can't get over this weird owl looking deputy <laughs> that is just like, oh, look, there's something etched on the back of this. What yeah. could it be? You think the silo's got some sort of Hammurabi's code going on? Because you see some people walking around with like one arm and it makes you wonder, like if you steal something in the silo, do you lose an arm? I mean, it seems like an effective way to keep control on people mm-hmm. to some degree. Yeah. I think it'd be an effective way in real life too, but it is a bit harsh. It, I mean, it is harsh. But it wouldn't there. happen again, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, yeah, because if you take something with your hand and you steal it, you get it cut off, you yeah. can't take something with that hand again. Yeah. Also, any person with their hand cut off immediately is, is seen as a thief, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. I okay. could see that being the case. The same way the mayor seemingly r- rushes to Juliet to offer her the job after talking to Martha... Jules, the moment she sees what's on the back of the badge that it says truth on it, immediately rushes to the mayor to take the job under one condition, that they can shut down the generator to repair it. Otherwise, the whole silo is going to go up in flames Yeah. or darkness. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad she wants to, to fix the silo. Yeah. She does. She, do you, now, do you think she has the most important? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply job the entire silo i think she's a little bit pretentious to be honest with you i think she's a bit pretentious but i do think that they do the most important work in the silo. look i think it all comes together it's a collaboration here you need the deputies to keep law and order Mm -hmm. the mayor to be the figurehead i don't know what judicial and it do so we'll figure out if they're really needed uh they seem to keep the order in terms of making sure everybody is in line in the silo yeah but in terms of the practical day-to-day, mechanical definitely runs the runs the show, 100%. Yeah. But isn't she's that the not, case in she's real not life, the, too? I guess. She's not the only one down there that could work on this stuff. Right? Like She has a boss that knows these things, too. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that as she moves into this position of, of being sheriff, she, she's going to let the power of it get to her head a bit. Like I, I think she's just going to have a, a blatant disregard for the quote-unquote law well we already know she does we already know she does because she her first thing she does before going up there to become sheriff is she gives a relic to martha to figure out what it is so to be honest in terms of the order of the silo and keeping everything in line for the way things have been going for 140 years Mm -hmm. she's probably the worst pick in the entire silo to be sheriff because she's taking the job solely with the motivation to uncover how why her her boyfriend was killed mm-hmm. and to figure out the truth of what's going on outside of the silo and what's going on underneath the silo, yeah. right? Yeah. So she's not taking it to uphold law and order. She's taking it out of, out of selfish ambition, which is why I think IT and judicial are really against her because they're trying to keep things smooth, right? Yeah. Now, you know sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to change the topic. Finish your thought. 
no, I was going to get into the next scene of, of the, after she takes the job immediately, the team goes into preparation mode where they start breaking down the game plan for what they're going to do. The deputies start breaking down how they're going to protect the silo overnight. And we really start to see Marnes and Mayor John start to get their little intimate old lovers moment, you know? Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, if, if you were Juliet, mm-hmm. uh, again, remember what Holston said to her in the last episode. It was that he would leave her a sign and she would know what it was. She storms off in the last episode saying he lied after he goes outside and presumably dies. Don't you think that being awarded the position of sheriff as requested by Holston would be enough to be the sign versus what was on the badge? Yeah. Maybe, but she seems like somebody who doesn't like change and she needed a catalyst like George being killed in order to be willing to dive into these curiosities because she was not initially curious as to what was going on in the silo. That was George. Mm -hmm. She got roped into it with him in a way. But then after he gets killed, now she is personally motivated to make, to find out first and foremost who the hell killed the only person I love in this place. Mm-hmm. And two, what's so what was so bad that he found that you don't want us to know? Because I think at, at her core, she's a no bullshit person who just wants to do what's right, and she's mm-hmm. just trying to do her best. I think that's at her core who she is. I think that's who Mayor Johns is too. Uh, she has to play the political games like the politicians do, uh, because you can't be yourself with a hundred. You don't have time to be to get one on one with every single person in the silo, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, that's my take there. Okay, fair enough. I was worried watching them, knowing that they were going to get into this uh, reactor <laughs> thing to fix it. With, with listening to this game plan get broken down and Please, thinking get, to myself, "All right, this is all right." People- <laughs> this, let's set up the this edition of Zach breaks down the technical uh, plans loopholes uh, here. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah. So think? again, I, I'm I'm sitting here listening to them break down this game plan, and I'm thinking to my, I'm not even going to get into what I what I think was really ridiculous about no, it. Do it. I'll please, get into it please in do a minute it. but you know i'm just thinking these people have burnt all of like their technology all of the books there's not there's nothing from back in the day we're gonna have a bunch of people that don't even know that they can swim working on this complex machinery trying to make sure that they repair it i, I thought it was a little bit of a stretch Right, like they they don't seem very knowledgeable. They're just like pushing the buttons, going through the motions at the moment. But I don't, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I love the fact that Coop looks like he's literally about to crap himself. <laughs> Coop is uh, Juliet's shadow. The whole episode, he's yeah. clamoring for. I know more about this reactor than anyone, Juliet. And then the moment she chooses him to be the guy to fix the reactor, the not the reactor, the generator. He literally generator. he's having a spaz attack. Yeah. I mean, she did punch him in the face earlier, so I'm sure he's still a little nervous about that too. Strong, strong uh, bone density. I don't know. He has no mark in his face. I was going to say, I didn't see a bruise. Yeah, nothing. Absolutely. Maybe nothing. she's just really weak to punch. Not good. There's to no, be a there's no, no way she can be weak. The way she's hitting that generator down there. Oh yeah. Ain't no way. Yeah. All right. It's time to talk about what we uh, were teasing at the beginning of this episode, and you can pause right there. Is that? Uh, I'm gonna skip you it missed back. it. It's okay. We'll get it. Okay, we got an email, another loyal listener out there, Linder Metz, who emailed us about something that we so badly missed that I cannot believe that I missed it on the instant reaction. And that's the fact that at 3608, on the dot in the episode, if you go back and watch it, if you were like me, and Zach too, because Zach missed this, this too. Yep. The confirmation that they are manipulating the screens from the inside is completely confirmed because the moment the generator shuts down and they go to backup power there's a frame in the episode that kind of lingers for a bit that shows the entire silo outside the place where holston walks out to and where allison walks out to in episodes Mm -hmm. one and two it is what they said it looks like it is full of color it is green the skies are blue everything is alive everything looks amazing and then the filter comes back on and the screen is manipulated to look gray again so we are 100 percent confirmed on the fact that the silo dwellers are being lied to by whoever is controlling that screen which seems to be it right i, IT I, I imagine it would be i don't know who else it could be 
I mean, they're, they're the technology department. Come on. Yeah. So thank you, Linder, for that because uh, that is the real view. No bodies, all greenery. But I'm starting to think personally, and we can get to this at the end of the episode, that maybe it's not all good. Maybe there's a reason why they're manipulating the screens and it's not as obvious as it being just perfectly fine outside. Yeah. But let's keep it going here. The generator comes down. The These silo dwellers really are comfortable with each other. Uh, and, and the fact that they're gathering in a large common area to be all together. And they all missed the fact that it was green outside and colorful. <laughs> I was I was literally just going to say that. Like, don't you think with all of like the what, probably 100 people, eh, forget it, 69 people on this floor sitting in this yeah. one one area at, at the very least would have caught that on screen and started like losing their shit. Yeah. What was that? Wait. But you'll never be able to replicate it. That's go the back. Thing. Go back. Yeah. They continue. I bet these people wouldn't even know what to think though, honestly. Like they, they've never yeah. seen green in their life. Yeah, they've never seen that color or they've never seen that amount of actual life, Nature. right? Yeah. Well, actually, no, the park, the park floor has a bunch oh, of Oh, that's true. That, that's true. So, okay. Mechanical starts. They take the panels off and they get going on the repair. Thankfully for them, the repair is something that can be done in 30 minutes. It's just one blade that's bent out of shape and no other collateral damage from that blade having been spinning broken for the last God knows how long. Yeah. You know, again, this part of this episode, while I think it is... The repair part. Probably the mo- yeah, the, the repair part, sorry. I, I think it's probably the most interesting. Like, this is where it really picks up. There's a lot going on. Uh, there's, there's some action here. Th- this one kind of bugs me the most, right? Like, again, mm-hmm. I mentioned it in the instant reaction. We've got eight hours to make this repair. We can't slow down and try and be a little methodical about how we approach this? Yeah, I agree with that. Because just because you took the panels off... Actually, we might be wrong about something here because supposedly I'm kind of fuzzy. Maybe somebody can email us on how the steam uh, safety thing works. Mm -hmm. But why can't they just take the panels off and really analyze the situation without – how does the steam come into play? Why is it that the safety mechanism for the generator creates a secondary uh, failure point? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like why would the safety mechanism be designed that if the – the main thing stops functioning. That's you only got question. 30 minutes to do anything. Like, that's not a good backup plan. Am I misunderstanding something here about the way this, the steam pressure no, thing works? I don't, I don't this? think so. It, it, it seems very foolish I mean, yeah. to, to yeah. not have some other way to shut this down. And, you know, it really, really makes me wonder even more upon rewatch, what the hell is below the silo? This water's coming from somewhere. We think it's coming from that whole that reservoir be. of water yeah. where the drill was. But even if it is, something has to be making this steam. And I don't know if it's natural or not. If it's not, I would I would assume that, well, hey, we, we would have been able to, I don't know, shut that off? Yeah. Like, shut, shut the generator off. It's creating this steam. Don't just plug it up so it explodes. Yeah. Yeah, that's all very logical sounding stuff but it seems like these type of like the silo dwellers of this age pretty much inherited everything as like alien technology and they're just like we don't know why it works but it's down there somewhere and it creates steam it's true it's the founders man pray to the founders yeah well we can push it forward a bit here because take it to the outside mechanical situation we do see a, a human side of sims where He's with his son and spends the night with his son, kind of keeping him, um, keeping him safe and you know at ease with the whole situation. Because nobody here in this silo has experienced a night without power in the silo. Uh, we also get to see Mayor Johns and Marnes cozy up together. They share a kiss and talk about their retirement plans and all sorts of uh, retirement benefits coming for both of them, apparently. And it's a nice little future that they're that they're painting, but it never felt like you were actually going to attain it as you watch the episode more and more because yeah. more and more it feels like Game of Thrones season one where <laughs> everything's just going to be a giant train wreck by the time we get to the end of, of the season. 
I do think it'll be a giant train wreck. I yeah. can't relate to the Game of Thrones season one yet because I've still yet to watch that. Oh, yeah. uh, I know, I know. You're going to have to lock me in a room one day and make me eat pizza for a week, just like whoever did that. Yeah, there was um, like a show that did that, I think. That, yeah, I can't remember what it was. I think it was but a late night show. This, I mean, th- this really did seem to attempt to humanize Sims a bit. I haven't really seen much very bad about him we've seen like a little menacing moment earlier he's just menacing that's all it is he's he's menacing with his black leather jacket and black turtleneck and in common is an intimidating guy anyways he has a deep voice and just you want to eat this strawberry pastry like all right no thank you i'm good didn't even look (laughs) that good to be honest the pastry yeah i mean yeah I, i don't i don't know what kind of skills these chefs have yeah, I imagine true. that's kind of gone out the window too. The old days, the old, the before years, the before yeah. times, as Bernard would say. Okay, let's kick it forward here. Juliet running out of time. She dives inside of this boiling pressure room as she's pouring water onto this overheating steam pressure mechanism valve, whatever thingamajig she's in. Somehow not boiling alive from the water that is filling up this tank. Yeah. There, Although there's... I would say it would not be very pleasant to like oh, imagine if yeah. Juliet was just bo- like her skin was boiled and that's you had to look at her with all of this like the boiled skin for the rest of the series. Like you can't do that. So the water can't be boiling hot. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't get boil. Burns, get something. You can't boil alive your protagonist on episode three <laughs> and then have her survive that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I am surprised she wasn't boiling herself alive. I, for the life of me, thought she was. Also, I was expecting that 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 little shield that they have. That that um, <laughs> what what do you want to call it? I don't know, like the, the flap that cuts the steam off. That's now yes. red hot. Yes, yes, I was expecting it to kind of explode. To be honest, like to, for yes. like it's it's so hot <clears throat> that it's red. Which, well, when you see red metal, it generally means it's Can soft. I ask a question? Yeah. Why couldn't she have fired the hose from up top down? Why does she have to be inside of there? I, well, I mean, I guess because there's not really a way for her to hit it. She's trying How about to hit you it lay down on. on your stomach first in there with the hose and angle it downward at the thing that is clearly seen. Yeah, I mean, instead if you're, of if, <laughs> going if you're smart about first. it, I, I, I would have been. I mean, I, I'm sure she knew it was there. I thought when she was jumping in there, it was going to be like a really deep, like whole thing. She wasn't really going to be able to get out of. There's but. absolutely no way she actually makes it out of there. She dies. If if there was no plot armor for Juliet, she dies in that hole because yeah. she can't swim, and somehow she's able to reach up and get her hand up and pull herself up. Yeah. There's no well, way. Again, remember, I, I think I, I mentioned earlier in the in our instant reaction that I think this whole her jumping into that hole was, you know, a, a device to get her to figure out that, oh, you don't just yes. sink in water. You, you don't die. swim. 100%. I yeah. agree. And you don't 100% die every time you are submerged in water. Yes. Exactly. And, and, and if you can swim around in, in boiling water, I think she'll be okay in a little bit of cooler black water. Um, but I, I really did think that this panel, whatever, sealing up the, the steam was going to like start to warp with all <laughs> of that pressure behind it and just like blow back on her like hot magma. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't. <laughs> but that's all I was thinking about the entire time she was down there. All right, let's push it forward to the reactor working and the lights back on. Uh, this repair, she, they get it done in the nick of time. And um seems like a nice uh, footnote, or not footnote, like nice uh, bookend to her her chapter at Mechanical, right? I yeah. saved the silo, and now hip I'm hip hooray, sheriff. and now I'm your sheriff. Like something yeah. epic she did, and now... She brought life back to the silo. So she has an epic reputation preceding her now. Yeah. I still don't know why everybody is all piled together. Me neither. I would I, be in my home. I, I'd just be in my nice, comfortable bed and be like, that's, yeah. that's all good, man. Yeah. So I, agree. I, I did want to mention one thing that I didn't mention in the instant reaction as well. And I didn't mention it because I wasn't really sure what I saw. And when okay. we got... A little bit of fan mail. 
this is what I was thinking. I'll, I'll explain that in, in two seconds. When the power comes back on and we start to see the power, I guess, turn on as we move up in height in the silo, we get to the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment when the screen is turning back on and we get this this image that's just, it's a little distorted looking. It's it's Everything looks like it's kind of in a silhouette, but the tree that is in view feels like there might be some shrubbery on it as well. So I completely missed the other one. This I thought I, I saw, but I wasn't quite sure what I saw until I started rewatching it and, and paused it on here. But like, if you look at this, I've, I've got it paused right now. What's you the timestamp? The, the timestamp is 5550. Now this is on screen for even less than the actual green stuff is on screen, but it kind of mm. looks like maybe the sun is, I don't know, sun is rising, setting something. Mm-hmm. But if, you, if you're able to look over at that tree, it doesn't look quite as bare as it did before. And I think there's some things in the background that don't look quite as bare as it did before. Mm-hmm. So I think it was the changeover occurring from the, from the real feed to the fake feed. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Yeah, I think you, I think you caught on correctly there. They just did it more subtly on the yeah. on the power on than the power off. Yeah, um, and in fact, makes you wonder if the reason they don't shut off the power is is so they want to hide the fact that the real feed shows. Uh, but if they did know that it showed the true vision outside, mm-hmm. they probably would have outlawed people being able to commune in front of the screens in a situation like this. You know, but or- it was thrust upon them very fast. Yeah, or I mean, I I would think that you would want to kind of like build that into the the, the protocol. I mean, yeah. we've worked in production. You, you know, there, there's power banks that we have that mm-hmm. it turns power on and off in a sequence, and that's so that you can get your sound system on before you turn your amps on, so you don't blow the speakers, right? Yeah. So yeah. you would think there would maybe even be something like that in place, where it's like, oh, the power's getting shut off. All right, let's just turn the screens off first before we lose power to our processing of the imagery. Yes, 100%. And I think they couldn't plan for it because the mayor did it so fast, which is why Bernard came up to her even more pissed off Mm -hmm. because they probably knew about this situation and weren't able to do anything about it, right? So now you got a bunch of loose ends out there who may may or may not have witnessed the true vision of what's outside or the true reality of what's outside. Yeah. As Juliet's leaving her floor and making her way up top, she makes a couple of pit stops. Stops by Martha's to apologize to her. And Martha gives her a little background about the fact that she did not approve of George beforehand and told had told her had told George that he would have she would have killed him if he hurt her. Yeah. But it turns out she was okay with it because George was a good guy. And um Juliet leaves with her a relic for her to investigate and find out what it is, which I thought was a camera at first, but then I started looking at it more. And I'm not sure if it's a camera. Oh, so she didn't. I thought she left her that like um, camcorder thing. Yeah, the camcorder. Is that not what it was? If you rewind it, we can look at it one more time. But I couldn't see. It might be a little underwhelming if it's just a camcorder. It might be. But it, it, you know, when you just said it, it did look a little more, I guess, metallic. Yeah. Let's see what it is. What's the timestamp on the um, on the relic being handed to her? Let's see. I'm getting there. It's right around 58 minutes. There we go. It is 58.03. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure that's a camera. That looks like a lens cap, though. It's a right very odd-looking camera, if it is one. I have to see the front of it. Maybe it's a film camera. I, I, think, I, I think it's the camcorder. The, the, the thing is, we have that gray overlay when you pause, so it's kind of... Yeah. I got to see it in real time. I, if I had to say, like, it's probably a camera, but... You'd be, you would want to make sure, you'd want to see the footage. If the camera wouldn't matter, you'd want to see the footage if there was anything on it and if there was any film on it or if there was a memory card in there. Yeah. That's what would matter if it was going to be significant to the plot. But if not, I was maybe thinking it might have been some sort of scientific tool for something per- pertaining to the silo. A Geiger know. counter? I don't know what a Geiger counter is. Uh, it measures radiation? Maybe. Maybe something like that. Um, okay. So closing out with the mayor let's talk about bernard who uh pretty much shows his allegiance by uh confronting mayor johns about the 
decision to choose Juliet. And I wanted to mention something. If you rewind a little bit here, mm -hmm. rewind like maybe 20 seconds or more. There we go. Okay. This is the moment. No, you went too far. I don't know why you, what you did. Right there. Oh, right. I'm not, I'm not touching it. Okay. What is the timestamp there? 59.22. 59.22. Right around there, Mayor Johns takes a drink from Marin's water bottle, which is what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, okay. It's the only liquid we see her drink close to the time that she is poisoned. However, I find it very unlikely that Marin's would have been the one who poisoned her, considering he loves her, right? Yeah. they Like this whole episode was like them falling in love on the on the journey down, rekindling a relationship or something like that. But it does make me think that whoever poisoned the water bottle works for the deputies. Because where else would he have filled that up? They just spent the night at the deputy's office, right? So maybe one of the... Maybe know, it was Weird Al. <laughs> maybe. It might have been. Or one of the other ones who was there. Are, are you saying you think it, it is the water bottle that's poisoned? Because I, I feel like he would drink that's out of take. it as well on the way yeah. up. Yeah, but maybe he didn't. Because in the books, they don't cover this here, but in the books, he doesn't drink the water. Mm. He leaves it to her so that she can have more. They're like, it's much more of a, a uh, takes more of a toll on their body, this trip in the books, than it does here. It seems like mm. they do this in one shot. In the books, it's like their bones are aching and, you know, they're having the, a hell of a time making it down this silo. Because it's yeah. a thing. Like, they haven't been down here in, like, decades. That's yeah. the way they make it seem. So... Maybe it was something that they filmed and there was a point, but they didn't really share it. And you're right. They, he might have drank from that bottle as well. I don't know. But anyways, we, we move forward and the end of the episode, you can cut to the, to the office now. Juliet makes her journey up the stairs and that's the last we see of her. Um, Mayor Johns, at the perfect timing, finishes the paperwork to make Juliet the official sheriff, signing yeah. her name to it and everything. Mm -hmm. In the presence of Marnes as a witness, yep. right? Which means that they can't nullify it for any reason. And as she's going to the bathroom, you can already see she's she looks weird. Like she looks like she doesn't feel well. And she she does, but I, I don't. It almost looks like she's trying to breathe a sigh of relief. Like ah, it's over. And I mean, I took it. I, I took it as the first symptom of whatever was poisoning her. Mm. Which I think you still have the most realistic scenario, it, it being that device that they put in the women for birth control that thing looked gnarly like you yeah, said yeah it does scary yeah well the episode ends with mary john's choking on her own blood as marns goes from like the time of his life you know thinking he's gonna get with the love of his life picking out his bottles of wine he's gonna take her back to to her place you know he's gonna have a good time tonight only to find her choking on her own blood and yeah the end the end of episode three of yeah. silo I wonder if she is going to die. I don't think she's going to die. I think this is going to be a failed attempt in my Yes, opinion. I agree. I agree. 100%. It's going to be a Game of Thrones type thing. Failed failed murder attempt. <laughs> and they were trying to murder her clearly before she was able to um, nominate a sheriff, which puts judicial right there because I have a feeling if the mayor dies before appointing a new sheriff, the power probably goes to judicial and it or some some form of that right yeah um that's my thought process on there but yeah overall I mean, it does look like she's bleeding out of the mouth overall thoughts on the episode in general and then i want to end it with one theory i have about why the screens are being manipulated so overall i think this was a really good episode I, I mention almost all the time that I'm not a huge fan of episodes that are set up episodes, but I, I do think this one was good. It kept me engaged. It was interesting. I have my bones to pick with this whole eight hour window and, you know, fixing the machine in 30 minutes. I, I still think that was not really thought out too well, um, but I did enjoy it. I don't think the mayor is dead. That's and I'm excited to see what Juliet does as sheriff. Likewise, I'm looking to see she's walking into a mess immediately. She's not up there. She's going to find out that she's sheriff and the mayor might be dead. Yeah. Right? Uh, which leaves her and Marnes really with the aftermath of what's going to, going to occur. Maybe Marnes is going to be the mayor, uh, a reluctant mayor, but nonetheless mm. a mayor. 
And yeah, overall incredible episode. Um, I want to end it with talking about this screen situation. Okay. I'm beginning to wonder if perhaps it's not okay outside, even though it looks okay outside. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's easier to keep people in a silo when everything looks like a nuclear wasteland outside. It's much harder to explain to people that this beautiful environment you're seeing is still deadly somehow. Yeah. So maybe it's being purposely manipulated to look worse than it does so that people stay nice and calm in the silo, not looking for this beautiful oasis that awaits them outside, which is pro- could still be deadly for all we know. Yeah. What do you think? It's an interesting thought. Um, I I kind of feel like if that were the case, it would, it would really flip this upper management um, being evil on its head. Right, yeah. like it would be like no. Well, they are actually really good. They are really trying to, you know, protect everybody versus just keep them in here. Yes, I I'm not really sure if I think that's the case. And you know, the other thing that makes me not believe that is it. All right, let's pretend it looks good outside. There's grass and and all of that stuff. Great. Who knows what happened if there was a nuclear fallout and we have radiation everywhere. I don't know. But if the people walking outside die because even though it's green and looks good, it's not safe, how are the birds flying around in the air? True. Everything looks like it's alive. Otherwise, the grass would be dead, right? Well, I I mean, forget even the... Yeah, okay. So, the grass could be dead. I, I don't know. But even if the grass is okay... But it's unsafe outside, and let, let's say like whatever is unsafe just impacts people and their bodies. I, I I still think it would impact the birds that we saw flying around earlier, and I I don't know if if that kind of breaks that theory or not. Not sure, unless like I mentioned in several episodes ago that this it's is a situation. No, not the suit. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's my that is what I think. Number one, I'm just saying a scenario here that yeah. it still could be dangerous outside. It could be like a happening situation where the environment evolved and said, hey, humans are the leeches of the environment and we must kill them with some sort of evolution mechanism that kills them as a threat. Like birds are not a threat because they, you know, it's like an intermingled um, ecosystem we have with Mm -hmm. them, right? But with humans, it's like industrialization and death of the, you know what I mean? Like maybe it's one of those messages that's being pushed across. I don't know. But um, nonetheless... It's interesting. Interesting. All right. What's the name of the next episode, by the way? Uh, I think it is titled Truth. Yeah. Ooh, about recent... Okay, so here's the synopsis for next episode. Juliet tries gaining the trust of Deputy Marnes as they worked to uncover the truth about recent tragedies. Open-ended as to whether Mayor Johns mm. is dead or not. Yeah, you know, hearing that actually makes me think Mason, that she's she probably she dead in the next episode. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know, I can also see that his hand in the uh, thumbnail punched looks like... the he, wall. Exactly. It looks like he just punched oh, something. Yeah. I don't know if he got in a fight or, you know, maybe he hit a wall. He was angry. I don't... Maybe he hurt his hand when he was getting into the, the bathroom or something, but it does look like he at least punched someone. Yeah, I think that's, of course, that would be the reason. But maybe Bernard said something snide like... Maybe the walk up and down killed her. And he punches her in the mouth, punches them in the mouth. I think that could be a reason to bust your hand. A good reason to bust your hand open. Yeah, it'd be a good reason. That's a very punchable reason right there, I'd say. I agree. All right. Well, if you want to find out how uh, Deputy Marnes busted his hand, you're going to have to wait with us until this coming Friday to watch the episode and then to tune in immediately after to our instant reaction pod where we break down immediate reactions and all of the things that we will obviously overlook and wait for a fan mail to come in to uh correct us on very uh gratefully so we appreciate that um reiterating what we spoke, talked about in recent episodes we are seeing loads of you out there who are enjoying the show and a solid percentage who are not yet subscribed so if you want to help us out hit that subscribe and follow button give us a nice rating you don't got to leave any words but you could leave a nice five star and make my day make zach's day zach would it make your day oh yeah it would definitely make my you know. day and what would make our evenings even better and our days even better is if you engage with us through our email contact at soapbox.house with any theories you have about what's going on in this silo, any details we missed, any fun facts, anything you want to contribute to the show, and you will get a shout out 
just like Linder and our friend Dave Fitzgerald. Yeah, I am. So, I'm very curious to see what everybody else's theories are. I mean, we've talked a lot about ours, which is the yeah. point of the show. But uh, send, send us in what you guys think is, is actually happening and going on. I, yeah, I want to know like the most outlandish theories that are out there. Like, I want to hear them all, to be honest with you. But all right, we'll wait for that. And we hope everyone has a good week. We hope you enjoy this uh, deep dive as you're heading to work tomorrow or just uh, going on a walk or a run or at the gym, whatever you do, however you like to listen to us. We appreciate you all. And we look forward to engaging with you on the next episode of Silo by Story Archives. Zach, the outro, sir. Well, thank you again for listening to this episode of Silo by Story Archives, the number one podcast in the world for Silo by Apple TV. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or you can visit our website at soapbox.house where you find links out to this show and a few others on the network. And finally, I want to plug again, you can send us an email at contact at soapbox.house with any theories or suggestions. You going outside or what's the deal? Yeah, I want to go out. All right, let's go.